better than nothing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. It's episode 75. Before we get into the deep meaning of that, my name is Mike. You can find me at Official Pagan on everything, except I really only use Instagram. Everything else is just repost from Instagram. So just find me on Instagram. And joining me as always... Hey everybody, it's Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram, and I guess I use them about equally. I'm not, I would love to be on Twitter more. I go through bursts where I feel like I use Twitter more frequently, but it's really just Instagram. There's something, and I know on all of the social media platforms you can post images, but it's just something about I would rather show people than talk about things, if that makes sense. And you know, because it is formatted, I know you can share pictures on Twitter, but because it's based entirely around images, I just feel like it works better as a platform for that. It is the the visual aspect of it is it's really, really cool. I I'm still I, I'm getting a little bursty on Twitter myself. I'm a little embittered because I've fallen off the hashtag game uh, for a little while and I got back into it. There was a hashtag going out that was meat music was the hashtag and it was, you know, you wanted to kind of come up with some combination of a song and meat. And I tweeted out, I don't know why it is, but I always do, I typically do three and I tweeted out three that I thought were all pretty good and they got like no love at all. And I was, I was sad. So what, so what were your three? So two of them, I'm going to have to go back and pull up and I'll, I'll, I'll check on that. But the one that, that I figured was gold was a bacon whoopee instead of making whoopee, bacon whoopee, which nice. I think I like is- it pretty solid and apparently twitter disagreed which is fine twitter be that way yeah and i did a a couple of who tributes meatball wizard nice i think that's pretty solid and gnu are you (laughs) and none of them got any love whatsoever very so here's the thing to everybody who's on twitter i all right meatballs the who these are things that I, I guess people are entitled to their opinions on, but there is no opinion on bacon. It's just yeah. a fact that bacon is amazing. Yeah. I, you just use the word and you, you're guaranteed to get a couple retweets and the like, just stick it into any tweet for no reason. Right. You just put the word bacon in there. And here's the thing. I feel like you're not doing your job as an American. If you don't like bacon, I'm with you. We need to make America bacon again, Kelly. There you go. So that's, Maba. <laughs> Maba. Maba. <laughs> That's it. Starting right now. Kelly and I are starting the Maba scene. Make America bacon again, kids. Yeah, we can do the the hat with the phrase on it and, and like the um, caps that have kind of the, the gold piping on the bill for the Navy guy or something. I'm not really sure what those were, but we could just have little bacon uh, strips up there. I think oh, my God. Cool. That's amazing. I want a Maba hat right now. We'll get rolling with this. It's going to it's going to catch on. So for anybody who loves these tangents that we go on, and by the way, we haven't even started the episode yet. (laughs) In a way, I think we have. (laughs) That's true, I guess. So off air, Kelly and I were talking and, you know, we record these a little bit in advance. We wanted to get a a couple down so that we're not leaving you guys hanging in case anything comes up and we're not able to record for a week. One of the things we were talking about is maybe just doing an episode because this is episode 75. As everyone knows, historically, podcast on the 75th episode, don't talk about anything. They they just historically kind of just go off on tangents like this and just, you know, kind of let it free flow. Yeah, and we're hoping that the theory is maybe we'll get it out of our system, Mike. And uh, then uh, for future future squat cobblers we might actually get to whatever we're talking about a little quicker so it's a it's almost a 
a tangent cleanse, if you will, that we're uh, going to attempt to do a little bit tonight. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying, but I don't necessarily like the insinuation that it's me who takes us off on these tangents. I feel like this is a team effort here, Kelly. Well, I mean, to, with the exception of me, I don't know, shutting down the hangout. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think that I would say maybe I'm being a little uh, unfair, but if we were to do a tangent tally, uh, I would say you might have a bit of an edge on me. I So I really like the idea of a tangent tally. I don't know how real world possible that is 75 episodes in. No, i think it's not unreasonable with the, all the free time you and i both have to go back to uh, all the past episodes and start uh including that in the description <laughs> <laughs> kind of do a tangent tally Big i mean tally. it was your idea so who who am i to step on your toes here i feel like this is definitely a kelly-centric project i'll put it on the stack <laughs> we'll see where we can go but i think that that would be helpful and fair warning to listeners in the future <laughs> when they, they bring up the blog entry they can kind of we can put it right up front so they'll know what our tangent tally is. If we do this episode today, that's just basically one long tangent because we really had no structure or concept coming into this thing. So it's one long tangent. Does this count as one? I think each new path probably does. You know, I think you, you know a tangent when you see it. I would say this will this the count the tangent tally for this episode will be larger than one. I'll, I'll need to consult the record books as I go through and uh, determine the, an appropriate thing. Do some instant replay. Sorry, Saints fans, and we'll we'll do some things there. I assume that that's a football reference. Yes, it is a football reference, and don't know timing wise where uh, this episode will make its way out, but it'll be around. Uh, either the Super Bowl would have happened, or it's about to happen. And since you're not steeped in football lore, Mike, since you know you're from Philadelphia and they won the Super Bowl last year, and other people had to explain what happened. <laughs> so I was like, why is there rioting? So there's two games where, where teams are playing to get to, to uh, earn their spot to the Super Bowl. And in the first game uh, that occurred, time's about running out and the New Orleans Saints had the ball and the quarterback threw a pass uh, and the wide receiver was clearly interfered with. So this was not only was there a pass interference where they you, know, you can't, if the ball's in the air, you can't be making contact with the, the wide receiver. That was happening. The type of contact happened to be helmet to helmet, which is also illegal. So it was like a, a double foul and nothing was called. And just given where where that happened, where it was in the, the game and all that, had that penalty been called, the New Orleans Saints would have been playing in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't called. And um, so the Rams are going and there was much anger <laughs> from the New Orleans side, as you might imagine. And then wishful thinking about, well, maybe they'll replay the game from that point or something like that, which... Unlikely. So, so that so that'd be officially a tangent, I think. So that whole football thing was a tangent. That football thing's a tangent. Oh, okay. See, I missed it because I don't know about sports. I am a terrible Philadelphia fan, though. So during the Super Bowl last year, did you watch the Super Bowl last year, Kelly? I did. So I did not. I was in Canada <laughs> during the Super Bowl. Um, and apparently, so football exists in Canada. And again, I'm speaking as a non-sports fan. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but this is what Canadians told me while I was in their, their land. While football exists there, it is not the same level of popularity that it is here. It's not one of their, their top tier sports the same way that it is here. So they were asking me about American football and the fanaticism around American football. And I was like, wow, you are really speaking to the wrong person. I am the worst possible emissary for this. And they said, well, are you going to watch your, your Super Bowl? Like, are you going to, are you excited about that? I said, not only am I not excited about it, I said, I am from Philadelphia. I understand that they're in the Super Bowl and still don't care. 
<laughs> and uh, while the Super Bowl was going on, uh, we stopped at. So I don't know much about Canada. One thing I did learn, though, is that Canadians think Americans, all Americans, love Applebee's. That that is their their ten their signpost for Americans is Applebee's. So when we were booking the trip. We were going to Canada so that I could record at Niagara Falls and then we could shoot some video and stuff like that. And um, when we were, were booking this trip, we were looking at different hotels and I'd never been to Canada before. So on a touristy side of that, I was curious to see Niagara Falls and all the touristy stuff in that area. Um, have you been to Canada, Kelly? I have. I actually, gosh, is it about two years ago now? Uh, the Women's World Cup, more sports for you. There you go. The, the Women's World Cup soccer uh was hosted in Canada. We went up and watched the women's uh, soccer team play China. Nice. And was that an enjoyable experience as a sports fan? It was very enjoyable. I mean, I'm not a huge, huge soccer guy, but really cool just to kind of be part of the whole World Cup thing. And we had pretty nice seats and it was a beautiful day. And America won. So, you know, even better. Well, when I was there, uh, no, they were asking me a lot about this and I was in. So two Canadians, Americans love football and Applebee's and we we're booking this trip. Every hotel that we initially looked at gave you their relative location to an Applebee's in all of the listings. So the first one that we looked at was like, you know, I, I don't remember the name and I'm not going to mention hotels, but because I'm not here to, to pander for them unless they're willing to pay me. That's right. Um we will. We will yeah. absolutely pander. But. 100%. I will lie and say I stayed at your hotel and it was the greatest experience of my life if you're willing to give me any money whatsoever. So we were there and like the first hotel we looked at, it was like eight blocks from Applebee's. And then it would be like nine blocks from Niagara Falls. And you like, you think Niagara Falls might be the bigger tourist attraction. But every hotel gave the the proximity to Applebee's. So the one that we ended up staying with, it became a joke because we were looking at the hotels, like laughing, like, how far is that from Applebee's? And the hotel we ended up staying at, which is the hotel that is directly on Niagara Falls, like looking over the falls, that hotel, like as as their their big final punctuating their sales pitch, you got all through, you know, the view and if you get the falls facing side, you're literally looking down into Niagara Falls and all of this stuff. And the final bullet point was we're next to Applebee's. <laughs> so I was like, well, done, sold. Obviously, this is the place. And uh, we we bought this package deal through Groupon and that included meal tickets for Applebee's. Now, nothing against Applebee's, but I haven't really eaten a great deal at Applebee's, but I pretty much spent a weekend living off of Applebee's because they gave us, we had like free breakfast and lunch every day at Applebee's and a $20 gift card for each night as part of this strange deal that we did. So we just lived off of Applebee's essentially while we were there. And nothing against it, Applebee's is fine, but that's those are the two things that I, I took away from Canadian culture, or at least their perspective. <laughs> Canadian culture's perspective of American culture is that we love Applebee's and football, except me. I was like, yeah, this is like the third time I've been to an Applebee's and I don't know anything about football and I'm from Philadelphia. So my excitement, we were back in the hotel room and I guess it was later in the game at this point. It had the Netflix had done their their announcement of the third Cloverfield film appearing on netflix after the super bowl and they did they announced this with no fanfare other than this one super bowl ad and like sneak attack the world with this this highly anticipated sci-fi movie so 
I found out about that through social media from people posting about it after the commercial had already aired. So that was my excitement over the Super Bowl was that I was going to get to see the third Cloverfield film. I mean, then I saw the movie, but my excitement though for the Super Bowl <laughs> was the Cloverfield ad that I didn't even actually see. I learned about third hand from people on social media. Are you a fan of the Cloverfield movies, Kelly? Uh, really just the, uh, just the first one I've dabbled in the second and just couldn't get as I, I really enjoyed uh, the first one quite a bit. I've not gone in there and there's several lengthy, painfully lengthy, uh, YouTube uh, videos out there talking about the Cloverfield effect and a bunch of, of other kind of intersections. And it seems like a lot of work to understand. <laughs> and so I'm at this point kind of going like, eh, big monster showed up, caused problems. Good. I'm done. So I mean, you, you kind of summed it up. Did mean to mention that you know uh, Canada is on the metric system, uh, and I'm I'm a, my metric system knowledge is a little bit weak, but I'm fairly certain that Applebee's is actually one of the kind of primary units of measure, and so I, I don't think it's an assumption that uh, Americans. I think I think they just simply use Applebee's as a point of reference in the metric <laughs> system. So, but I could we are be nine Applebee's away. <laughs> it's just yeah, you see it on you know the, the signs on the highway. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I really enjoyed Canada. It was very different. I have never, so I, I've been a few places. I don't think I'm as well-traveled as you, because uh, I know you travel a lot for your work. But I, I've been to maybe five countries now, and never have I been more aware of tourism than I was in Canada, which sounds strange because I've been in like Costa Rica and Nicaragua and places like that. And so everywhere you go, and this is my own shortcomings i guess i only speak english and i as a kid knew sporadic phrases in polish but i only speak english now and everywhere i've gone the five countries that i've been to everybody speaks english which just puts our education system to shame but never have i seen tourism the same way that i did in canada because the person who drove us ruined their their sneakers on our first night there by trudging through the snow in sneakers. So the next morning we had to get them new shoes because they only brought one pair of shoes and they were destroyed. So we had to leave that like touristy area, their sort of like Vegas strip area that's right near Niagara Falls where every sign was in English. And other than the fact that road signs use the metric system, you wouldn't know you weren't in America. Everything was in English. Uh, everything gave you american dollar prices for everything as soon as you were out of that little that little quarantined tourism area literally everything we saw was in french from that point forward and there you are walking around in your make america bacon again hat <laughs> i know see how we, we brought it full circle is it even really a tangent anymore that's right. I think it, it just negated the tangent. We canceled out the tangent. I still think the Applebee's is strong in the story. So I think the Applebee's will keep it tangent territory. I don't know. It's just like Cloverfield where there's alternate universes. So you, you weren't into the second Cloverfield film? No. I mean, and I haven't, to be fair, I haven't given it uh, a huge chance, but I've just really caught little pieces of it. And I've just, I've never really just had the inclination to say, yeah, this, this one's the next, next up in rotation. For whatever it's worth, it's by far the best of the three movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> by by a long shot, the best of the three movies. The first one I enjoyed, don't get me wrong. Uh, the second one I thought was excellent and it vastly superior to the first one, which is very unusual for a sequel. 
And then the third one, I don't hate it the way a lot of people did. There was there was a strong, as I'm sure you might be aware, a strong internet backlash against it. And people questioning or pointing out the fact that the surprise release after the Super Bowl was just excellent marketing and a way to dump a movie that might be subpar and get the most out of it. I didn't hate it (laughs) the way that a lot of people seem to, but it dumbs down all of the fan theories into the most simple explanation and then proceeds to re-explain that simple explanation to you over and over again in progressively simpler terms. Okay, so you've you've sold me on looking at two and not at three. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I don't. And again, it's like it, it's hard because I don't hate three. It's just like if you want to be forced fed a really dumb, simple explanation for the three films you've just watched, watch three. Take it under consideration. <laughs> I mean, so if you're like me, if you watch one and two, you're probably going to watch three, <laughs> just just because you've seen one and two. It's gonna for me. It would bother me. To not know what happens in three. Yeah, and that'd be true. Our good, our good friend Mel, she's a completionist too. So I think I'm, I'm not where she's at in her Cloverfield arc. But my guess <laughs> is if she's, if she's only two, and she'll have to, she'll have to watch the third because she's, she's got to check that box and say there were three. I watched three. I am strangely like that there are there are shows that I've finished or movies I've that I don't like. But I get to a certain point, and this isn't Cloverfield. Again, I didn't hate it the way a lot of people seem to. The third one is visibly subpar compared to one and two, but it's not a terrible, unwatchable movie. It's entertaining. It's just you had two really, really strong movies and then the really weak one that kind of explains them in the dumbest way possible. For me, I am a completionist, though, and there's been shows like, did you watch the show True Blood when it was on? I did not. (sighs) So I did, and... It got to a point, the show was so, got so awful. And so this wasn't like Dexter. So I was really into Dexter and Dexter, the last couple seasons took a sudden plummet in quality with the last season just being laughably bad, like some terrible fan fiction production that just doesn't make any sense and completely falls apart. But it starts off really strong. This wasn't like that. Like this started off okay. (laughs) and kind of coasted along there and then somewhere in the middle just turns to complete garbage but at that point i was so far into it i was like well i'm seeing this through to the end and i remember messaging with someone another uh fellow snark alec who was watching it i'm not going to mention their name because you know i don't want (laughs) to i don't know if they want to be known as a as someone who watched true blood (laughs) But a fellow snark, Alec, and I were messaging each other about it. And this was like the final season of the show. And I remember the messages being like, why are we watching this? This is terrible. What's wrong with us as people? Pretty sure even if I had watched True Blood, I'd be denying it now. But I haven't. Actual okay. truth. I, I am not that snark, Alec. Some snark, Alec. I'll let you guys decide. Yeah. It, uh, no. That, uh, any conspiracy theories out there, fan theories out there that I'm that the unnamed snark, Alec? I'm not. No, it is not, Kelly. I just don't want to throw anyone under the True Blood bus. That would be good. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny, though. So before True Blood came on, there was, of course, the the sudden surge in mainstream. And I guess vampire stuff has maintained a certain level of popularity. But of course, after Twilight, vampire related uh, fiction and films and things like that took a sudden soar towards the the top of everyone's uh, radar and they were doing hbo and the lead up to true blood was doing these uh 
vampire themed like little 15 minute pseudo documentaries like talking to people about like goth culture and vampire films and different things like that and a friend of mine was interviewed for that so he actually appears in all of these videos so my fondest memory of true blood has nothing to do with the show it was their like promo campaign that they put my friend in so speaking of tv what shows are you watching (laughs) recently kelly well, I'm fired up. Uh, surprisingly, again, for when Walking Dead comes back, they've kind of kind of won me over, and they're coming to an interesting part of um, the storyline uh, uh, within the Walking Dead comic. So I'm I'm fired up for that. Always doing the countdown for Better Call Saul. Uh, that's that's uh, pretty good. But you know, my main right now, my only appointment viewing is Worst Cooks in America every Sunday night because our our good friend Allison Wolf uh, is on there. And she hasn't been cut yet. I, I catch the worst cooks. That's a it's an interesting show. But that's uh that's been about uh been about it. Uh I've uh, been mostly going through more of the uh the Netflix and Amazon Prime catalog and found out there was a fantastic um Captain Beefheart biography documentary where they really ran all the way through all of the stuff and so so that's about it. Uh outside of true blood reruns, what are you watching? The only thing I'm watching like that that is currently airing because I'm and a Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime guy all the way. So if I can't watch it on my own time, my own pace, for the most part, I, I am not interested. Uh, I just worked my way through the the, te- the four-part Ted Bundy documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I did that too. What Which, did you think of it? Again, heavily marketed. And a lot of this, don't watch it alone. To a degree, I was like, well, I guess you didn't want me to watch it alone so that someone was there to keep me awake <laughs> because it was uh, pacing was a little slow for me. I had totally missed the fact that, uh, so spoilers folks, if you're not familiar with, with Mr. Bundy, that he escaped twice. I totally missed, missed that part of the, the scenario. So that, that part was actually kind of, kind of interesting. It, I thought they did a good job of giving you insight. There's, there's also going to be, and I believe it's on Netflix, uh, Zach Efron will be playing Mr. Bundy in another Ted Bundy related production here pretty soon. Yeah, I saw saw a few things about that. It's so I watched the Bundy thing and I burned through it maybe in two sittings. This is what four hours total. Yeah, I think so. Four episodes each, running a little bit, around an hour, a little plus. Yeah, so I I want to say I did it in two sittings. A bunch of my friends were surprised, but I actually don't know or didn't know very much about Ted Bundy. In terms of serial killers, he's one that I was a little less familiar with as far as the better known, I don't want to say popular, better known serial killers. I was a little less familiar with him, which surprised a lot of my friends because uh, so our mutual friend, Shane Ryan, who has been on podcast with us, Shane, of course, is the creator of the Amateur Porn Star Killer series of which I'm involved in. The Amateur Porn Star Killer series, his character that Shane created and plays in the, in the series, Brandon, is heavily modeled after Ted Bundy. But I think people forget that I didn't create that series. Shane did. So I actually was not super familiar with Ted Bundy. I knew nothing about his prison escapes. So to me, that was the most interesting segment of this documentary series was was everything about the escapes. Yeah, that, that was really kind of interesting. And like I said, I, I don't know how... I kind of missed that during the uh, the unfolding of events, but uh, twice is a pretty. <laughs> you, get, you get once, you know, say, "Oh, okay." People let their guard down, but for it to happen twice is is something. Yeah, the, it was the second time that that was amazing to me. So the first time, you kind of get it, like he jumped out of a window in court. And have you ever been in court, Kelly? Only on a jury. I've never been on a jury. You should be thankful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I I've heard nothing but negative 
<laughs> experiences from people. I've never been on a jury there. I don't drive and I don't vote. So I'm a conscientious objector to what's happening in our political system in America right now. So I'm not currently a registered voter. So I've never been on a jury. I've been to court, though. You might be surprised to learn. Oh, oh yeah. Startled. That that was <laughs> un, unanticipated. <laughs> and I, I've been to court after the whole Ted Bundy escaping from the courthouse thing. And I can like they make sense to me. Like I, I've been in courthouses. They're just kind of everything's crazy and people are running. It's not hard to imagine somebody getting away who is awaiting trial. It wasn't, it's not hard for me to, to wrap my head around that one. What's hard for me to wrap my head around is the second escape because you figure, okay, this person has already escaped. Let's put them under extra guard, <laughs> make sure that, you know, locked in tight and that key's really well protected, but no escaped a second time. That's really what, what piqued my curiosity during the documentary. It was pretty amazing. The lack of any additional care that they 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 applied to or, or didn't apply rather uh that uh got them out very interesting to listen to and it reminded me a little bit of uh so we had on the show we had done a prisoner exchange uh, we did a burzum album and we spoke about how you know you need to separate the artists from the art and maybe you shouldn't look too deeply into the artist's backstory but varg who is the main proprietor of burzum uh he escaped from prison when he was in prison and i remember it initially being reported as like a daring prison escape giving you all the these ideas in your head of you know some huge prison break epic cinematic type thing and really what it was was uh he was given a weekend pass from prison which apparently you can get through good behavior and he just didn't come back at the end of the weekend that doesn't quite fit daring to me <laughs> yeah it was it was yeah it was it was very it was less it was very anticlimactic when you found out the the real circumstances like no no we just let him leave and then uh he was supposed to come back you know say i don't remember what it was but say it was you know you got to leave on friday and it's supposed to come back sunday and then sunday rolled around and he just didn't come back. The evil genius. So, Mike, if you were plotting your prison escape. I don't know. I don't know if I would try. I guess it would depend on my sentence. Like, if I was going to get out in any reasonable amount of time, and I'm even including five years, ten years, something like that, I'd probably just wait it out. Because it's not, to me, it's not worth getting shot <laughs> to, you know, not spend another couple years there now if it was like life in prison or i was on death row or something along those lines eh, go for it and i would probably do the big daring thing like i don't i don't think i'd be ted bundy and try and crawl through air ducts or anything like that or i i guess if you have a life sentence maybe you wouldn't get a weekend pass <laughs> you think yeah but actually varg had what uh, he was in prison in norway he had uh, what is their longest prison sentence. So, you know, that was essentially a life sentence and he still got weekend passes. I mean, I, I would assume they revoked the weekend passes after the escape. Or they at least gave him a very stern talking to to say, now, yeah. the next weekend pass you get, we expect <laughs> you to come back. Yeah, we're going to call and make sure. Yeah, that's right. No no repeats of this behavior, Mr. Varg. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what gets me prison escape wise there are people who are associated i'm not i don't want to get into the whole because this would be a four hour long tangent show i'm not going to get into the whole silk road 
<laughs> story. But there are people who are associated with Silk Road, the the drug trafficking website, uh, who are in prison now, or allegedly <laughs> affiliated with Silk Road, who are in prison now. Some people are still awaiting trials. Um, though some of those people made substantial amounts of money trafficking their wares on Silk Road, and presumably have a lot of connections <laughs> in the sort of illegal underworld sort of realm, you would think maybe some of those people could orchestrate an escape. The movie epic cinematic style escape, not the crawl through the great escape. Yeah, I could I could see that. They could buy a big ass drone, <laughs> a really big drone. <laughs> I mean, there's some of those people in, involved in those enterprises made tens of millions of dollars off of that. You would think that they certainly have the finances <laughs> to orchestrate something like that. What about you, Kelly? Prison escape? I, so I'm kind of with you that uh, kind of risk versus reward <laughs> that, that uh, even if you're successful, are you really successful? Because the clock's just ticking on, yeah, you're out but for how long? I, I would go with, with my my standby that, that I, I utilize. I still I still stand by the fact that it's the single best defense mechanism in the zombie apocalypse. I think, you know, the hot air balloon has been underrated as, as a a vehicle of opportunity. And so I think some sort of hot air balloon related escape would be a route to go and, and hope that the winds are favorable, you know, so, so I don't just float over the prison yard as they shoot the balloon down. But that's, and I guess the one hole of that theory is that's not a vehicle that's adept at a speedy getaway. Well, how long so, have we been at this tonight, Kelly? I think long enough. <laughs> so it would be, I think that would be my, my call. <laughs> so I think we learned an important, two important things here tonight. The first is we can easily fill an entire show of nothing. I think we've proven that. I think we absolutely have proven that. The second one is Kelly is pro prison breaks. So if you happen to be incarcerated and you're listening to this, Kelly told you to try and escape. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Stop the broadcast.